Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Papua New Guinea's rival football factions hold talks and Super Rugby comes to Samoa. But first, the Pacific Games Council is giving the Tongan government one month to address its financial concerns over hosting the 2019 Games. The Council's Executive Board met on Friday to address the government's letter withdrawing their support for hosting the event. CEO of the Pacific Games Council, Andrew Minogue, says they resolved to make one last attempt to keep the Games in Tonga. We agreed as a board to provide a short window of opportunity of basically one month until the end of June for the Tongan government to come back to the table, negotiate with the Games Council around the cost concerns that they have in relation to the Games. At that point, we make a decision to all parties to remain in Tonga. If that doesn't happen by the end of June, then we start putting expressions of interest out to other countries who may wish to host the Games in 2019. So from the Pacific Games Council's point of view, you still very much believe Tonga is well-positioned to host these Games and can indeed host these Games? That's correct. Uh, If the government resumes its support for the Games uh, as it had been doing up until a couple of weeks ago, the Council is confident that Tonga can deliver the event. Um, The organising committee's been up and running for several years and it's doing its work. The venues are coming together with the help of donor governments, particularly the Chinese and also New Zealand and Australia the main stadium. So we're confident that the facilities will be in place. Um, The government has the financial resources to make contributions where necessary um, with the venues, but also with the operational costs of the Games. And um, as I said, if if that support resumes, as it has been there for the last sort of four and a half years, then we remain confident that Tonga can deliver the event. So there was a tripartite agreement signed in 2012. So as it stands, two of those three parties are in full support of Tonga hosting the Games. It's just a matter of getting that third party back on board. That's right. And um, in the wake of the withdrawal by the Prime Minister a couple of weeks ago, um, Tasanok, which is our member organisation, Tongan Olympic Committee, they've met and as, a, as a full group with all of their sports and unanimously agreed that they want to keep the Games in Tonga. But I think all parties realise that without the support of the government, the Games can't be delivered there. And that's not peculiar just to Tonga. I think any, any country wishing to host any major event like this uh, needs the support of the host government. That's a lesson that I think has been learnt by the sports movement over many decades. Um, so if if uh, if the Tongan government comes back to the table, then certainly the sports family in Tonga want the games, and we're hopeful the country does as well. So that's why we've decided to give the government a short um, last period to come back to the table and, and resume its support. And so the council is seeking a meeting with the prime minister and the cabinet to go over, Early. I guess, the intricacies that's and the the detail. That's right. Early next week, we're available to be in Tonga. 
to meet with the Prime Minister and the Cabinet and to start a process where we would be able to give them some comfort on, on minimising or reducing the costs um, of delivering the games and we've got some expertise that we can bring in to help do that. So the offer is there. If that's what the government feels uh, the costs need to be brought down, we can look at ways of doing that. Now, obviously, they sent a letter to the Games Council. Has there been any further communication between the two parties since then? So the Prime Minister sent a letter to us uh, confirming the withdrawal, and that was on the 17th of May. A day later, we wrote back to him and said that we were very disappointed in that decision. Our executive would be convening shortly and we'd be very interested to know if the Prime Minister was, was open to, to discussions around the costs. Now, we didn't hear back from, from him or his office on that. I do understand he has been away from Tonga for a period of time. We've reiterated that offer uh, in a letter to Tassanok uh, yesterday, and that's been conveyed to the PM's office this morning. So, um, yeah, we've had communications with them now on two occasions, and we'll just wait and see if uh, that's accepted and responded to. Have you received any indications from other countries just informally that there are obviously options there or there are people that would be willing to, I guess, take on the mantle if it got to that point? Um, yes, and I think um, you would have seen press reporting from one or two of the other countries in the Pacific um, that would be interested in hosting the Games. I actually don't want to say too much more than that at this stage because um, our focus is on Tonga. They were awarded the Games. They've done a lot of work to start preparing for them. We've made it very clear that by the end of June, if we're not resolving the situation there, we are moving on. But for this upcoming month, we want the focus to remain very much on uh, Tonga. That's the CEO of the Pacific Games Council, Andrew Minogue. Football Federation PNG President John Kapinato says he's in discussions with the Papua New Guinea Football Association about bringing the rival sporting bodies back together. The Hikari United owner launched his new organisation in February after he was suspended from the PNG FA and his club disqualified from the OFC Champions League for making derogatory public statements about the association. Mr Capinato says Football Federation PNG has the support of the people but he does want the country's football community to come together. Going back to the December 28th, 2016 of the Congress in uh, Kimbe. I mean, that's history. And the majority have taken the course of saying there is injustice in the Congress, which has never happened in the last 20 years. How come it happened on the December 28th? And uh, when everybody's on compliance since the 20 years of football, why all of a sudden? So that's the issue that has triggered the 12-member association to find a pathway that football, not only to be played in the cities and towns, but spread right across the country, and into the uh, rural and urban areas. And that's the vision that uh, we've created. It is, I mean, our motto for Football Federation is our game, our people, our country. You know, we want to take this football right across. And uh, to me, I've seen that when we established that, I mean, it has grown so big. I've traveled to the, uh, the northern and the southern, and I've gone to the, the New Guinea Islands. For the last 20 years, football has never been reached out there. And 20 years I've gone in there, they're now ready to affiliate to the Federation of PNG, and then they're willing to start their NGI conferences next year. In two weeks' time, I'll be up in the Highlands, and Highlands has been neglected. So I'm going out to the sea, what I can increase the numbers of football associations to be part of the Football Federation, and also start up the Highlands conferences of the National Premier League.
if the people see that and the momentum is growing, I mean, what has been the problem of football in, in PNG? So this is the vision that I'm trying to create for this country. Uh, and, and the 12 members that have stood away from the six, only six members who are so-called supporting PNGFA. But, you know, in the long term, I want to see that football must come together. And and, and, and there's a bit of talking going on with me and uh, PNGFA, and I'd like to see that happen. So you're getting around the table with people at PNGFA. Those discussions are happening. It's not really matured, but, I mean, a few talks are going on. And, and But I said, you know, uh, the 12 associations are majority, and, and, and they've all have mandated that vision to spread out. So if we need to talk, I mean, I've expressed it to the Minister of Sports of Papua New Guinea to sit down on a roundtable so that we can find an uh, amicable way what has gone wrong. Uh, and yet we haven't come to the table yet. Uh, but uh, a bit of discussion is going on. I mean, I don't want to be specific, but we're finding a way forward. But I'm a man of action. I mean, I'm not just going to sit down and just watch. I mean, I've been in PNGFA as a senior vice president, and I've seen what many things can be done for this country. Twelve has given the mandate for all of us to work together to bring football to all the levels of uh, in, in, within our country in PNG. I'm excited in what is happening. I mean, the numbers are increasing. Everybody wants to become a member of uh, a football federation, but we're just not going to accept everybody. I mean, there's a vetting process. There's an expression of interest that everybody must uh, come to terms. You know, we're just not going to increase everybody. What are those terms? Yeah. Should you want to become a member of football federation, you've got to have an association, you've got to have your leagues, you've got to have a man, woman, youth, and all that kind. You have to have a, a venue that is playable. You know, all those, you have a car, you know, all these things going down. So we help them. Uh, to try and formulate those conditions that they can apply to football federation. I mean, when we were all with PNGFA, there's only 18, but there's another 20 of them out there in the country who want to join, but we've never given them that opportunity. What you're saying is all these attempts to grow the game are, are positive, and in an ideal world you would love to do that as one body, but obviously the reason you've broken away with football federation PNG is is because you obviously dispute what happened at that meeting in December, but... OFC have been yeah, yeah. OFC and FIFA have obviously maintained and PNGFA that that meeting was held in accordance with the statutes and and that everything was done above board. So I mean, there's obviously two sets of opinions there. How do you get past that? Yeah. Uh, FIFA is another thing. We have a status that we abide to, but that is a natural course and justice of this country by its constitution. Now I can't go in more in detail to tell you what really had happened. I mean, those issues are there. I mean, it will take more time when we start going into those nitty-gritty stuff. If you look at it, uh, when we, um, are we... Are we talking about NPL or we want to go down to the things that had happened in Kimbe on the December 28th? Well, I guess we're talking about all of it for because me, the, me, the, the, yeah, only, the only reason... The only reason yeah, the, go ahead. I'm just saying the only reason NPL yeah. obviously exists is because of what happened in Kenya. So, you know, it's all... Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, on, on, as a matter of fact, you're right on that because... We feel that we've denied after, you know, not going to the Congress and expressing our views, you know. Okay, you're saying that we are suspended. Why? Congress is a venue of everybody to sit down and talk. Whether we go ahead with the Congress or we don't go ahead because of this and that. While the majority has been denied that, minority has taken the course of going forward. If you have majority not supporting it, I mean, when you tell me, is everything going to be nice and smooth and easy? I mean, check all the media and check everything that we've gone through. So there is this dissatisfaction. The undercurrent of discussion is going on 
But I'm beginning to tell them, I said, what about the 12? Am I, Mr. Nato is going to throw down my arms and say, yes, okay, I give in and I come and follow? No, 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 no. We've got to address the entire issues that they're dissatisfied about. And so we have a situation, of course, where uh, you have the breakaway league now and obviously you're still suspended from PNGFA, but you're doing your own thing. They've got their own competition. Uh, and I, I guess for a lot of the clubs that have chosen to go with you, they've made sacrifices too. Uh, a number of players from your own club, Hikari United, are no longer a part of yes. the national team, a part of the couples, and a huge sacrifice for, for players in a club to make. It is a huge sacrifice. When we stand for what is truth, when the majority stands for the truth, I think at the end there is a light. And I'm a man of that action. I'm a man of that faith. And I believe that football in Papua New Guinea is a sleeping giant. It will come. I did that with a curry only four years in the National League to the FIFA Club World Cup. The country takes over 40 years to reach the final against the All-Whites. I commit almost 50% or 60% of the national team. That's a passion that is behind driven. And I know uh, once this saga is resolved, PNG is a sleeping giant. It's going to come back at the stage of this football. But one has to sacrifice to see what is wrong and to let the truth come out so that the football, we're going to go through a pain. And that's what is happening now. Papua New Guinea is more bigger than New Zealand, a population of almost 8 million, going furthermore. But how do we address the vast population of playing footballers in this country? We cannot marginalize football only in cities and towns. And that has been my addressing issue in the country. There are more talents out there. Now, people look at NPL and they said, oh, the standard would drop because we've got a split. Now, last week in the National Premier League in round five, Hikari went into draw with Gulf Arama FC, 2-2. After all the round that Hikari won, a club that's on the fifth round, but on the third round, a, a club from Manus Island who flew all the way to Port Moresby to be based here at Admiralty FC gave a scare to Hikari 2 1. Now, if people are saying, Mr. Nato, you know, you're going to bring raw talents from the rural areas and they're not going to live up to the standard, they're, they're living up to the standard. That's what football is. And up in the Northern Conference, there's, uh, there's the difference of the score lines. It's showing me that there is more football in this country that we're overlooking it. You are having informal discussions with PNGFA or, or people from there, and you say that ultimately yeah. you want yeah. ultimately you want everyone to come back together. Will they have to come yeah. back together under Football Federation PNG? Or if everyone agreed to things, if your suspension was lifted, would you be open to returning to PNGFA and, and merging those competitions that way, or does it have to be through well, Football Federation PNG? This is still ongoing discussion. I mean, that is... Whatever the proposal that they give to me, then we need to sit down with the 12 member association and discuss a way forward and all that. And listen, at the end of the line, I want to see PNG being one. Whether it's under PNGFA with conditions that we all can come to an agreement, that's fine. Let's go. But the vision that I have started now, I want to see it happen. Whether I become a president in some years down or whether someone becomes a president somewhere down the line, I want to see that enforced in this country. Uh, there's room for compromise. There's room for finding possibilities that can enhance uh, the game of the, uh, for the people. Can you, can you work with David Chung? Well, David and I have been a good friend uh, since the establishment when he became a president. And uh, I have been his vice president. But there is line. If we come to a terms of compromise, 
I would work. But if he, but if he doesn't want to work with me on certain things that I, I don't want, then we still have a barrier in between. But compromise, a win-win, is a better for, way forward for everybody. John Capinato. The Blues are feeling the love in Samoa ahead of Friday's historic Super Rugby match against the Reds at Apia Park. Flanker Jerome Kainor says with such a strong Pacific presence in their squad, it's fitting for the Blues to be a part of the first Super Rugby match in Samoa. It's all starting to get a good vibe here in Apia and everyone's starting to get excited to see the Blues flags flying in town and um, flying on cars. So uh, no, it's all, all exciting as we draw nearer to the game. Do you feel like the Blues have the edge in support or have you seen many Reds flags uh, floating around? I haven't seen many Reds flags, to be honest. <laughs> One fact that I know there will definitely be some blue, whether it's a Manusau more blue or the uh, Blues blue, um, regardless, as long as it's blue at the stadium, we'll, we'll be happy with that. And uh, whilst it's obviously an exciting time to, to be in Samoa and, and be a part of this first ever Super Rugby match, I guess you know you guys have a job to do as well at a pretty crucial point of the season. Yeah, the guys aren't under any illusions that we're uh, mainly here for to do a job and to get that win on, on Friday night. And um, you know, that the boys are focusing on. It's great to be in different surroundings and um, in a new venue, new environments. But number one focus is to get the win and then enjoy being in Samoa. You were obviously a part of uh, that All Blacks team a couple of years ago and, of course, you were <clears> up, <throat> in, up here about a month ago. Uh, what unique challenges does playing rugby in the islands have that you don't have to worry about back in New Zealand? Oh, definitely the heat. <laughs> the heat's uh, one factor, but we're playing at 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night, so that might not be as challenging as it was when we were here with the All Blacks. But also some of the luxuries that you get you know, in preparation with the stadiums and, um, and indoor warm-up areas, those, you know, those are some things that you don't get. And um, I'm sure the guys will roll those punches in. Those, those are easy fixes. Yeah, things are a lot more relaxed here in the islands than how they are in um, New Zealand. But I'm sure there will be no problems once the boys get over here and uh, everything will run smoothly. There is obviously a strong connection to the Pacific and, and Samoa in the Blues squad. So uh, I, I imagine that you know does add some importance and some special meaning for the squad uh, for this match. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's fitting, you know, especially Tana being coach and he's a uh, son of Samoan. We've got a lot of Samoan in the squad, but not just the current team, uh, you know, the players that have come through, the Blues, they've been of Samoan descent. So, um, yeah, I think it's fitting that we do give back to, to the islands and uh, hopefully this is a small step into something bigger in the future. That's the Blues flanker Jerome Kainor. Meanwhile, eight new caps have been included in the Manu Samoa rugby squad for the upcoming internationals against the All Blacks, Wales, Tonga and Fiji. Ospreys midfielder Kieran Fonatia, Queensland Reds centre Henry Taifu and Samoa 7 star Tila Mialoi are among the new faces. The Manu Samoa head coach, Alama Idemir, says the squad represents a solid mix of experience and new and up-and-coming talent. What's allowed me to do that is the fact that we've got some pretty experienced returning players. We've got 14 players that quite experienced that weren't part of the interview tour. Um, that's allowed us to take um, a couple of these uh, new caps. And saying about the new caps, uh, we've got some players that have played international uh, rugby for us, but uh, in the sevens program historically. But you know, you know, because of the players that we've actually brought back, we're able to bring these uh, these new players in. There's been uh, a bit of a turnover of, of new players last year, but as I mentioned um, to the squad, you know, last year was development. Uh, this year, we we really need to get the performance right because uh, we needed to pick the players that were playing well, and you'll see that a lot of these players, even as late as. Uh, the weekend gone, they've just been they're still playing rugby, so and they're playing some good rugby up north uh, and across the Tasman. So it's important that uh, I factor that in the selection. Even though they are new caps, somebody like 
uh, Kieran Fonatier, obviously, I think he's 28, 29 years old, so he's an experienced individual that's played a lot of top-level rugby, and, and as you say, someone like Telemir Loy has captained you know, Samoa at sevens level on the World Series, so uh, whilst they may be new to the Manu Samoa environment, they um, you know, have a lot of rugby miles under their belt. That's the landscape of the players that we uh, we have to pick from, so it, it, it's a matter of, of getting the right players and those that uh, have the ability to step up, and although it's test rugby, it's, it's a bit different. In the 15s, being on the international uh, stage does help in terms of selection. So um, we'll all we'll find out uh, where everyone's at. And now the focus is to try and bring the group together very quickly. Uh, now that uh, most of the most of the players have finished um, playing and heading back down south. That's the Manu Samoa head coach Alama Idemir, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.